Chug and Chat. We are your hosts, Mo and Liz. And today on the pod, we have Sarah McBride, who is the National Press Secretary for the Human Rights Campaign. And holy mackerel, you guys. Holy fucking shit. She is so amazing. fucking amazing. And so, oh, it's just, it's the best interview ever. Um, Yeah, I mean, so I I guess, should we just like, should we talk about why we, um... Like, wanted to reach out to her in the first place? Like, should yeah, we... Yeah, we're just jumping right in. Feminist Fridays. Let's get Feminist down to the Feminist Friday. Feminist Friday. That that was just... That was a chant. That didn't even... Yeah, I don't that know. That didn't even I don't have know. a single it's, melody. To me, you're you know, out of you're, you're, you're sure right. You're sure right. I am out of melodies today. You're, you're um, all out. Yeah, I'm all... I'm fresh out. Fresh out Feminist of melodies. Fridays. Feminist Fridays. So there's this song by this artist named Caswell, and he came, he performed at the club I used to work at, and he sang a song that was like, <laughs> uh, like, you would like an ice cream cone. I buy you a ice cream. And for some reason, it made me think of that. So <laughs> that that's like, Feminist Fridays. Yeah, it, it was an unacceptable song. That pisses me off. And I know. reminds me of this tattoo artist I met once who had an ice cream cone tattooed on his face. Uh, oh, on his face? On his face. Are you kidding me right now? I am not. <laughs> that pisses me off. <laughs> what a fucking waste of your face. Oh. Anyway. Hey, everyone. Hey. Yeah. So, um, so we really, we have had obviously no shortage of issues that we've wanted to cover on this podcast. And in fact, like where we have found it difficult to be like, okay, and then we'll like just tackle all of the patriarchy. We're just going to do all of it in one episode. Um, <laughs> so we were reading some articles on Facebook and in finding other news that we're not hearing a lot about in mainstream news about trans women of color um, and, and violence that's being, being, um, I mean, they're like, they've, they've been murdered. They're being beaten. And um, it's not being covered, and nobody's really talking about it. And I don't mean nobody; I mean um, the people in in you know our news feeds and in like in our mainstream like mainstream media. Yeah, and like CNN is not covering it. Um, and so we we kind of decided that we wanted to get someone to come in and talk about it and to talk about the narrative of you know being transgender and and what that's like for you in America and how that's changed. Um, in uh after the election and and what we can do to help so um we reached out to the human rights campaign and sarah immediately responded and was incredibly gracious and very like super accommodating and getting a time to work and came in and talked to us about it so we're really excited for you to hear this interview this is um i mean it was it was like i we're i'm we're super we're like new to doing interviews idiots. I know. I'm I'm everybody. a babbling idiot right now, just even thinking about getting to hear it again. You know, it's it's incredible. Um, it's incredible what people will talk to you about if you just ask them. You know, it's 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 like uh, we have found it to be incredibly like amazing how people just want to come on and talk and share their stories and and you know let us learn from them. So. It's just been awesome. So, I mean, again, and I know we've we've said it a zillion times, but thank you, Sarah. We're very we're very lucky to have had have have had you. Oh my Sheesh. god! Sheesh! Um, I'm losing the ability months, to speak. 
in Pride yep. Month and, and just, like you said, just making sure that we're the best allies we can possibly be by not only asking questions and being willing to listen to um, people that have had different experiences than us and people that, who are different from us, but also, like, just giving yet another space out there in the atmosphere that gives a place for their voices to be heard, you know? I mean, yeah. these stories need to be told and know, like, we're not delusional that we have millions of listeners, but, like, maybe some people out there are listening and it's important that we're, that we're sharing these things. So, I, again, I'm equally appreciative that Sarah and so many others have been willing to um, share their own stories and just talk to us about what they're passionate about and how we can continue to be allies. Um, it just blows me away. It blows me I away. I know. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. The whole rest of the day, like, I was, like, on drugs after <laughs> after we interviewed Sarah. I, like, clean, I, like, cleaned my whole house and was super productive and did all we kinds of stuff. We went on a mug hunt. We went on a mug hunt. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. We went on a mug hunt. Ooh, going on a mug hunt. <laughs> all this energy went into the mug hunt. Yeah, it which did. Was it really, really did. Yeah, which was, ended up being futile. <laughs> the mug hunt was futile. <laughs> like, don't ever try to represent your immense and intense emotions through mug, mug design like it doesn't it's not gonna properly represent how you feel and it's never gonna be quite right and then you're gonna realize you can only buy 75 for 500 dollars, and then you're gonna be shattered you're gonna be fucking shattered i know well and i mean we don't know we don't know about that like um in uh, from experience, right? Like, no, we didn't do that. We didn't. No, yeah. I'm just saying hypothetically, no, you don't just that, channel like, your energy were, into pointless hobbies and stuff. If one know? was to do that, don't. <laughs> just don't. Anyway, just don't do it. Anywho, I think we should talk about um, this article that's on um, the Human Rights Campaign's website. Uh, it is um, the page for violence against the transgender community in 2017. And it's it's the most, I mean, scrolling through it right now, it's just the most staggering, horrible, and, and absolutely disgusting list of... Um, of, of transgender people who have been who've been killed um fatally shot killed um i mean all all over the country i mean there's there's mississippi and misha caldwell mississippi um jamie lee wounded arrow in sioux falls south dakota jojo striker toledo ohio i mean these are these are names you know tiara richmond also known as kiki collier um, transgender women of color she was found dead on the same street as two other transgender women that were killed in 2012 in Chicago oh my god I you know I, I have to just say that I really appreciate what HRC human rights campaign is doing here because I've just heard and read more and more about in the last couple of years like in particular like with all of like the school and movie theater violence and shootings, mm-hmm. like how much more important it is to put the victims of terrible violence and hate crimes into the media instead of, um, you know, the people who in- inflict those um, injuries or deaths, um, you know, murderers or whatever, blatantly because, like, that's only feeding their hatred and it's right. like we're all human we're gonna relate to the like the human story of like someone who's just like us who faced this like unspeakable violence so like i really appreciate 
what they're doing to commemorate these women. And also it's just like a smart strategic move. I feel like from a media perspective in terms of like, like no, none of the killers are mentioned here. No. And they shouldn't be. No, they absolutely shouldn't be. And you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's glorifying the people who commit the crimes and not those who are innocently, you know, who are, who are completely, who are taken from us. Yeah. Yeah. Can and, I, can we read some of like, should we read some of the other names? Sure. Like, sure. I, like, what do you, like, what's the appropriate way, like for us to show I don't know. some of these? I have no idea. I mean, I, I, I would, I'm just, I guess, well, I'll just share exactly how HRC did it. Um, China Doll Dupree, 31, black transgender woman, was shot and killed in New Orleans on February 25th. She was a much-loved performer in the ballroom community who was visiting friends and family in New Orleans at the time of her death. So she wasn't even at home. Um, Sierra, oh my gosh, I don't know how to say this last name, McElveen, um, 26, a transgender woman of color was stabbed to death in New Orleans on February 27th, so two days after that. Um, she did outreach for the homeless community. Um, as of February 28, 2017, HRC has tracked at least nine murders of transgender people in Louisiana since 2013. I'm, and I'm, I was like, that's so interesting that they said that there because I was just wondering as you were reading that, like just hearing New Orleans twice even, it's like you yeah. know, seeing Louisiana on this list a bunch, you know, it's like... It is on this list It is also, yeah, I mean, it's also really highlighting the places where more blatant violence is common. So I, I'm, I'm glad they put this kind of statistics to it not even though it's yeah. horrific <laughs> oh my god um oh. okay how do you say this next name on here jaquarius i think jaquarius holland 18 was shot to death in monroe louisiana on february 19th one friend chesna littleberry told mick mike that holland was like a younger sister and it helped her learn to accept herself i think it's mike because it's the it's the media outlet mike <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I looked at it too. I only know that because I clicked on it because it was blue. It's blue. It's a hyperlink. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, Kenneth Bostick, 59, was found with severe injuries on a Manhattan sidewalk. He later died of his injuries. Few details about Bostick's life have been reported. He's believed to have been homeless at the time he was attacked. Yeah. I mean, that's the other trend we obviously have to shed light on is the amount of homelessness that trans people face and experience i mean it's just another unfortunately common thing and it's not okay so i mean looking for trends here makes this even more alarming than (laughs) you know it is already yeah oh man okay one more cheryl faulkner 46 a transgender woman of color died on may 16th of injuries sustained during an attack on november 30th 2016 in Charlotte, North Carolina. Police are treating the assault as a homicide. No arrests have been made at this point. She died on May 16th. Oh my God, what a horrible, and slowly, like, oh, that's awful. Like oh, a that's slow. Abs- seven, ugh. oh, that's absolutely horrible. Yeah, that is super horrible. And then I the wonder la- too, like, how many of these people, like, I know we're not supposed to make it about the, the killers, but it's like, how many, like, you know, people have been prosecuted? I would imagine not many. Yeah, probably. I don't know that to be true, though. That's just how, you know, that if I had to guess, I would guess not many. Um, And then the last one on this list is Kenny McFadden, 27, was found in the San Antonio River on April 9th. Police believe she was pushed into the river, which runs through downtown San Antonio. A high school friend of McFadden described her to local media as assertive, charismatic, and lovable. No arrests have been made, but police say they have a person of interest in custody. 
And that's like, like, that's as specific as any of these have gotten, right? Like, yeah. They have a person of interest in custody. Like, so I guess that really sheds light on the fact that most of these have not. Yeah. And I think, Ugh. like, you know, the message of all of this is is get out there and find out what's happening in your own community. Get out there and, you know, find out what's happening. Find out what, the, what you're not being told. Find out whose narratives are being kept out of your, like, daily digest of everything, you know, that, like, we, because we haven't, we have so much going on in the national, and you know, news of the federal government right now. We have so much that's going on, but we have even more that's going on on local levels, um, you know, with people who you live next to, that you can be, you know, that you can, you can be trying to be there for and showing up for. So, anywho. And there's so much more hate, I feel like, towards the trans community, like, in the Trump presidency. So, what a better time during Pride Month and during yes. such a time of hate to do exactly what you just said and get out there and get involved. So, And when you don't understand something, learn about it instead of let, like, let it scare you. Just because you, if you are a person who doesn't understand, learn. Listen, learn, ask questions. Yeah, you dang idiots. <laughs> yeah, you dang idiots. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. I know. So I just know. To, before we, we bring on Sarah, um, what do we have coming up here in the next Oh my gosh, so? you guys! We are going to live watch um, the first episode of Handmaid's Tale. It's kind of um, illegal. Don't tell anyone. Oh yeah, don't tell anyone that we're doing that, but we are. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yes. So we're doing it on, on Tuesday, June 27th at 7 p.m. That is on West Coast time. That is Pacific time. Pacific time um, on a Tuesday. Pacific time on Tuesday. Tuesday. Pacific time on Tuesday. And we're um, going to be so, super real about like our reactions to it live. So it's yeah, super yeah. fun. Yeah, we're going to, we're, how are we doing it? Are we sending them a link? I don't actually know how we're doing it. You're the, Liz is the tech mind, you guys. Because of the fact that we need to be slightly discreet, I will not be announcing the exact method at this moment, but just make sure that you say you want to go on the Facebook event, and then I will make sure everybody has the appropriate information. Yeah, yeah, like, say you're coming, it'll be super fun. Um, we're actually going to get together some stuff and figure out a cocktail we can make so that we can all drink it together, Feminist which will be Feminist Cocktail, cocktail. which will be <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So like sign up for that. You guys follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the things and subscribe. If you've not yet subscribed to the blog and to, um, the pod, do it, do it, do it, do it chugandchat.com yeah and mm, no and just mm. Mm. <laughs> and with that let's bring on sarah yeah hello you made it hello i did hello i'm on my phone hello oh my gosh it's so nice to hear your voice well should we go ahead and just jump right in let's do it sure let's do it fantastic well Hello, Sarah. We are so excited to have you. Welcome to the pod. I would like to introduce Sarah McBride, the National Press Secretary for the Human Rights Campaign. She's going to chat with us today. Hello, pretty lady. <laughs> Hello. It's wonderful to be on, pretty ladies. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, thank first you. Of all, um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what exactly you do for the Human Rights Campaign and how long you've been working there and, and a little bit more about you. 
Sure. Uh, so the Human Rights Campaign is the nation's largest LGBTQ civil rights organization. And as you mentioned, I serve as their national press secretary, which means I get to uh, get to work with so many of our teams throughout the building that are working on both legal equality, but also lived equality uh, for LGBTQ people, work with them to make sure that they're getting their message out there to make sure that their work is being heard. And then I also get to travel around and uh, uh, get to go to communities and states across the country to join people on the front lines of this movement in state legislatures and city halls uh, at LGBT events and pride events. Uh, to represent the organization and to uh, to help uh, help them push equality forward. Uh, and as a as a transgender person myself, I'm uh, obviously incredibly invested in making sure that that we are pushing equality forward for the transgender part of our community. Uh, to make sure that we are addressing the needs of, in many cases, the most vulnerable and the most marginalized within the LGBTQ community, particularly uh, transgender people and transgender people of color. Um, I, uh, I, I came out as trans uh, about six years ago, five years ago, uh, while serving as student body president at American University. And, uh, and, and my coming out was met with nothing but love and support uh, by the campus community that I represented. Uh, oh, but it also... That's uh, awesome to hear. It was, it, it was yeah. incredible. But it, it, it also underscored for me that... Uh, the privileges that I had of being able to come out and being welcome and, and be welcomed by my school and my family and my friends, uh, that those should be privileges, that those should be a given for every person uh, Absolutely. Uh, around the world. Yeah. yeah, that's something that's really, I mean, that touching on that is really incredible. And, and also, like, it makes me reflect on how, how sad that is, that that's not the experience of Right. I, I would I would say the majority of people who come out as trans, who come out as gay, who come out, you know, who have to come out as anything, really. And that it's sad that it's, that's very devastating that you wouldn't have the support. But I'm so happy that you had had that support and are then now using that in your profession to provide support to others. That's you're a really inspirational person. I'm so excited to be talking oh, to you right you. now. Well, I'm excited to be talking with you. And, and I think you're you're absolutely right that. Um, in far too many instances and in far too many places, when LGBTQ people come out, it's not with a broad smile and an open. It's not met with a broad smile and an open and open arms. It's met with hostility and rejection. Uh, it's met with ignorance and fear, and that that still needs to change. And I think that that so often, um, you know, for those of us who are in more progressive spaces or progressive cities, um, we we forget that for a young gay boy in rural Kansas or a transgender woman of color who has to live on the streets in Los Angeles, that the progress that we've seen in so many ways isn't felt by everyone, that there is a lot of work that continues uh, and that remains for us to, for us to do particularly again for, for transgender people and transgender people of color in, uh, in particular. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that's kind of a perfect segue, you know, just not to be cliche, but just for every listener, for myself, you know, we really wanted to talk to you today in part because we ourselves really feel that we aren't always educated in terms of sure. what um, what people are experiencing out there. You know, what are um, trans women and trans men experiencing um, when they come out? in local communities? Um, how is that different for trans women of color? You know, we really 
have been exploring a lot um, in feminism and intersectionality and we truly believe and really the purpose of this podcast is is because we truly believe that um, fen- feminism should be highly inclusive and right where it starts I think is is us just understanding more of you know some of the issues that everyone faces and and um, you know maybe doesn't get as much media attention all the time how what 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 should we know <laughs> help us learn <laughs> well I- I think that's a, I think that's 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 a great question, and I think it's the question that everyone's asked. Um, we have, over the last several years, witnessed incredible progress. We've seen marriage equality become the law of the land nationwide. Uh, we have seen unprecedented visibility for the transgender community, transgender people succeeding in in, in areas of life that once we once thought would be uh, impossible. And and that's in, that's an incredible thing to witness, and that should give us hope for for the kind of change that we can continue to deliver. Absolutely. Uh, but as as you alluded to, and as as I said, there is a lot of work that remains for LGBTQ people in general, and obviously for transgender people uh, in particular. Uh, despite the fact that that same sex couples can get married uh, nationwide, LGBTQ people still lack clear and explicit protections from discrimination in employment, in housing, and public spaces and education in a majority of states across the country and at the federal level. Um, That means that an LGBTQ person is still at risk of being fired from their job, denied a house, kicked out of a restaurant simply because of who they are. Uh, And and so I think there's there's no question that one of the top priorities for our community as a whole is is achieving clear, permanent, and explicit non-discrimination protection throughout daily life in every single part of the country. Um, but there's also on, on sort of more individual, on an individual basis, issue by issue, significant disproportionate needs for the LGBTQ community and the trans community in particular. LGBTQ people are far more likely to be living, uh, to be homeless, particularly LGBTQ youth. And that is so often because of family rejection. Yeah. Transgender right. women of trans, transgender women of color face oftentimes deadly violence simply for walking down the street as the person that they are. And we know that that's because of the oftentimes fatal toxic mix of transphobia, latent homophobia, misogyny, and racism. Uh, Because so often those are transgender women of color. Um, And and we also are seeing an unprecedented uh, uh, attack over the last several years uh, on transgender rights within state legislatures. Uh, two, two years ago, we saw about 150 anti-LGBTQ bills introduced in state legislatures across the country. Last year, we saw around 200, including North Carolina's HB2. This year, we saw uh, a, a high number again, over, over 130 in 30 states. And in many cases, these are bills that either seek to create a license to discriminate against LGBTQ people more broadly, or in many cases, require affirmative mandated discrimination against transgender people and particularly transgender kids um, to, to, to forbid, for instance, transgender students from being able to access restrooms consistent with their gender identity at school. And I think a lot of people don't understand why that issue is, is so important, why there is so much discussion around bathrooms. And it's because in every movement for equal access and civil rights throughout, the, throughout our history, 
opponents of equality have harped on bathrooms because they know that if they can legislate discrimination in restrooms, it makes it much harder for that marginalized community to go to school, to go to work, to fully and equally participate in public life. Because if I can't use right. a restroom that makes sense for me, I can't go out of my house wow. for more than a couple right. hours. That's, I mean, that, so that's these, terrorism. <laughs> that's horrible. It, 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 it is, it is uh, you know, legislative bullying, and it is, it is, it is an attempt to, to, to legislate transgender people in this instance out of public life. Yeah. And and that's why we're seeing these these bills pop up in, in states across the country. And, and now with the Trump administration in office, a federal government that is far less willing to defend the rights of transgender people when they come under Indeed. attack by city or state government. And, and you know, that that's a, a really interesting thing you bring up. And I kind of have two questions about it. One is, you know, because you're seeing these pop up in state legislature for H from an HRC perspective um, is the policy fight more at the state level then um, is it is especially you know given the Trump presidency is, is that more of where the strategy is leaning right now um, what would you say about that well well you know I think there's 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 two aspects to to the work that we have to do one is pushing equality forward uh, wherever we can. And a year ago, that included a number of states and obviously at the federal level within the executive branch, right? With the sure. Obama administration, we were seeing uh, unbelievable progress, uh, particularly recently on trans rights and uh, removing yeah. the ban on trans service members in uh, protecting and expanding protections for transgender students and transgender people accessing health care. We saw a lot of progress at the federal level. Yes. Obviously, with the Trump administration, our efforts to expand equality um, uh, center now more on pushing it forward at the state level. Oregon just passed much needed legislation to allow transgender people to uh, obtain identity documents that reflect their identities without as much of a burden as, as before. States sure. like California, um, our, uh, Illinois, Delaware, Rhode Island are pushing legislation that, that um, seeks to expand and, and affirm um, rights for, for LGBTQ people. But there's also, as you mentioned, as I mentioned, a, a number of states, a majority of states that are um, um, uh, considering legislation that attack transgender rights. And right. then obviously at the federal level, the Trump administration is, is undermining or undoing a lot of what the Obama administration achieved. Um, so it makes us, it, it does require us to be on the defensive more. Um, but throughout all of that, the reality remains that government isn't the only it's, it's an important part. It's not the only uh, uh, avenue for change. More and more businesses are protecting their employers and their workers. More and more hospitals are adopting LGBTQ inclusive and, and comprehensive care. Um, more and more families are welcoming LGBTQ loved ones um, uh, in their homes and in their neighborhoods. And, and those, that change within hearts and minds, that can continue regardless of who's in the White House. Um, uh, and that's important change to remember. Uh, but of course, at the end of the day, LGBTQ people deserve full equality and dignity, regardless of their zip code or state. So at the end of the day, we, we still need nationwide action. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I do love to hear that there is still, it feels like, you know, some progress happening, despite the fact mm -hmm. that it will be a lot harder to, to fight policy that's you know, <laughs> hindering the rights of LGBTQ. Um, 
that's great to know that there's still progress being made. You know, I think we, we're, we both are really curious, but also hesitant to ask, you know, really just what's been happening since the Trump presidency, not to give too yeah. much focus to it. But, you know, I mean, I can't right. help but, but be afraid. And I also recognize I have a lot of privilege and won't be impacted necessarily by all of the terrible things that he's doing. But I'm very, very concerned, you know, so I think we're both really curious just to know what, what's, what are communities feeling? You know, how can we help people feel that there is still hope and positivity and, and yeah, good things to move. And, and you know, sort of trying to find our place in the movement as white cisgendered women. Yep, um, right, and that's right. sort of like the genesis of this podcast is how can we, without relying too much on marginalized communities to educate us and to, you know, I'm, we don't want to show up and be like, teach me, teach me how to be an ally, because that's not, you know, that's well, like, not this the is job. All about us. Yeah, we don't want that. Right, either. right. Because right. so it's not. Well, you know, search I, to figure out I exactly think, how to be an ally. I, right. And I think I think that's that's a great question. And I think sort of the first step is, is starting from where you're coming from, which is understanding sort of where you are coming to the issue from, whether you're coming to the issue, obviously, as a person who's part of the community, or whether you're coming to the issue as an ally, or as uh, including as a person with, with certain privileges that people in that community don't have. So I think, I think that's an important first step. And, and it's clear, you all are already there. Um, but you know, I think I think there are a couple things I'd say. One is obviously to lift up the voices of trans people to invite trans people on your podcast to amplify on, on your individual social media accounts, the stories of transgender people, and, and not just the stories of heartache and discrimination, but also the stories of success, the stories of love, the stories that right. demonstrate that transgender people are just like everyone else, that we are people who love and, and, and hope and dream and fear and cry and laugh just like everyone else. Yes. Um, and and that, that is incredibly important. Um, it's to show up at marches. It's to show up and, and at town halls. It's to, it's to talk to your member of Congress or write your state legislature, legislator when an issue around LGBTQ or trans equality come up to make clear that you're watching, that you have an opinion on this, that this issue matters to you as a voter. That is incredibly important because, you know, as, as, as powerful as, as we are as individuals and as a community, we are still by the numbers small and need allies to stand up. We need our friends to speak out. And we know when that happens, we know when trans voices are heard and allies stand firm, that we can make the politics of fear and division of discrimination and misinformation no longer effective. Because we saw that in North Carolina this past election, in, yeah. in a state where Donald Trump won by about five points, the state's incumbent Republican governor lost. Largely mm -hmm. because he targeted transgender people for discrimination and LGBTQ people for discrimination. And he lost because our voices were heard, because allies said this is not going to stand because businesses spoke out. And he lost re-election, the only incumbent Republican governor to do so this past election. And that sent a powerful message. And it demonstrated to us that when we all stand together, when we, when, when we stand together as LGBTQ people, as people of color, as women, as Muslims, as immigrants, as people with disabilities, as folks who live at the intersection of those identities, that we can make the politics of fear um, um, fail. And <coughs> excuse me. And what I would say to 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 
feminists across the country, and I probably consider myself a feminist, is that we have to understand, as you alluded to, that feminism has to be inclusive and intersectional. That at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, homophobia, transphobia, sexism, and misogyny are all rooted in the same prejudice. The belief that one perception at birth, the sex we are assigned, should dictate who we are, who we love, how we act, and what we do. And only when we understand that, only when we combat all of those isms and phobias, will we be able to build a world where you can be gay, you can be trans, you can be successful, you can be independent, you can be strong, you can do anything that this society says is mutually exclusive with being a woman or being feminine. You can be any or all of those things and still be seen, still be valued, and still be respected as the equal people that we all are. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That was like the most amazing. I just, I'm like, I have the biggest chills and my hands are cold. Like what a beautifully expressive moment. That's obviously why you're a national press secretary. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Absolutely. Well-spoken. You know, one of the things I really appreciate, one of the things I really appreciate about what you all are doing is that um, you, you know, in, 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 in pushing back on, um, on, on the Trump administration and talking about the action uh, about, about feminism, that you're doing it in a way that, that helps to, uh, expand our understanding of feminism and expand our understanding of what it means to be a feminist to a place where we're really genuinely embracing everyone and, and centering it on the most marginalized and the most vulnerable. Absolutely. So kudos to you all. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Well, thanks for being and a I part thank of you, it. I mean, <laughs> and thank you so much for giving us the time and, and the space to, to learn from you and to be able to continue to, to try to do the work that we're trying to do. It's just, it's been, I know for both Liz and I, um, I mean, immediately after the election, it was like, okay, drop everything. We need to figure out how to make some art out of this. We're both artists. I was a theater major in college and, and uh, Liz is a vocal performer. And we, we like had to make something out of it. And, and this is sort of, you know, it's, it is, it's led us into a place that I was not even at all anticipating and it's led us to talk to you. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on. And, and I guess with that, we should ask our last question. We ask everybody and we try to do this every week. Sometimes we forget, but we try to do it every week. Um, who's your queen of the week this week? Who is really giving you life this week? Who is giving me life? Well, uh, can it be someone who, it can be someone who's, who's living or, or a past figure? Yes. It can, it can be, be anyone okay. you like. want. Yes. Anyone. Well, this week, it's the first full week of June, which means it's the first full week of, of Pride Month for the LGBTQ community. Yes. And, and there are two women that are giving me life today, this week, and every week, frankly. And it's actually, it's Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson, who are two trans women of color. Um, who, who have both since passed away, but they helped launch the modern LGBTQ rights movement. They were two of the people who, who, who initiated the Stonewall riots in New York City uh, that, wow. that initiated the, the, the modern movement. And so today, as we mark uh, June as, as Pride Month for the LGBTQ community, I'm thinking about those two trans women of color who are at the forefront of this movement uh, and whose shoulders we all stand on. Wow. Thank you so much. Oh we'll gosh. definitely be thinking of them too. That has to be the best <laughs> suggestion we've ever had for queen of the week. So <laughs> definitely, <laughs> funny, definitely. But, but you know, it's, uh, 